Good afternoon from Southeast Asia. We are raining and storming and lightning-ing and thunder-ing and monsoon-ing and cats and frogs and fish are falling from the sky. And it's still 99 degrees. <laughs> uh, that's kind of cool, I guess. It, it is. It's fine if you don't have to do anything that exerts yourself because in 23 seconds you're dripping with sweat. Uh, you go out and walk around with an umbrella. That's fun. That's, I like that. But um, don't try to do anything else. You know, Don't climb a flight of stairs for God's sake. Okay, so this is uh, episode or volume number 16 of the Southeast Asia Chronicle podcast things designed to help you figure out if you want to ever move to Southeast Asia. And if you do, first of all, can you afford it? What's it going to take? And then I guess next question is where are you going to go? All the countries are as affordable as as the others pretty well no not, not singapore <laughs> not singapore not hong kong nobody wants to go to hong kong now because the chinese stole it mainland stole it so nobody wants to go there and i won't ever go back there but that was my go-to city i loved it it was my favorite city on earth on earth for years and years and years and years god every chance i got i went there i loved it i loved it i love well i still do i love hong kong the people are okay, <laughs> you know. The the Hong Kong, what do they call themselves? Hong Kongians, I don't know. <laughs> uh, didn't really consider themselves Chinese. They were Hong Kong. And they hated, loathed, and detested the mainland Chinese who came into Hong Kong. They actually had to go through immigrations to get to Hong Kong. <laughs> Because the Hong Kong, Hong Kongers, that's what it is, Hong Kongers, uh, couldn't stand them. Couldn't stand them. They're just rude and crude and stupid and foul and dirty and insulting. And how many adjectives you want, you know? Let's get the thesaurus out. Hong Kongers just hated them, hated them. And now, China, of course, stole it. Just stole it. Like, they steal everything. And um, I don't know how many Hong Kongers left. Huge, huge numbers. So that's it. We're out of here. That's our home. Born and raised there. We love it. But we can't live with these people. And that's how I feel, too. I could. Like, there's no possible way. If... if if the mainlanders are in there, no, it's not going to happen. I, I'd i be in jail. I might hold out a week. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay, all tapes are copyright 2023 by stockphotosworldwide.com. Uh, you can go there to find these. Link is near the top. Or you can go there to find uh, the uh, alien podcasts. Or you can go to theyclaim.com, or you can go to a whole bunch of other places, or the RSS feeds. Pretty much not so much YouTube. We, we just won't deal with them because of their censorship and the way they've treated people in the past, including us. We, we, it, I can't imagine what it would take to get us to do business with YouTube. 
I don't know what it would take. I can't imagine anything they could do right now. So anyway, we're not on YouTube really. We've got a, just a handful of episodes on there just to maintain a, a channel, but we don't do anything with them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, let's not even go there. I'll be melting down. Um, okay, so the last episode we left you talking about nationalities that you would find in Thailand. Most guys, the majority of the guys go to Thailand for a variety of reasons. Uh, the visa is easy. Prices are good. Uh, lots of stuff to see. Most guys, poor dumb bastards, they go for the girls. Poor dumb bastards. <laughs> they don't know what they're getting into. They honestly don't. Maybe these t tapes will help them a little, but probably not. They hear all the bad things about the girls, and they just don't hear the bad things about the girls. They just don't hear them. They just, it's, just, it's, it's like... It's like Southeast Asians and chickens. Okay, if you move to Southeast Asia, you better learn to get used to chickens, crowing chickens, all night, all night, all night. Doesn't matter. You're in the city, outside the city, in the province. It doesn't matter. Chickens are like air, rain. It's well, no more than rain because rain stops once in a while. Chickens don't. Um, it will be in many, 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 many living situations, it will be impossible for you to sleep. And I don't mean uncomfortable. I don't mean your sleep is going to be fitful. I mean, it's going to be almost impossible. Impossible. You're going to have to get earplugs. It'll help a little. Uh, I used to turn out a bunch of either white noise or ambient noise. Like I had a, I had a tape uh, that would just loop continuously. It was, it was like two or three hours of uh, of rain and and uh, kind of stormy sounds from the desert that I had recorded when I lived in the desert. Uh, I know the sounds in it. it. Just it was better than white noise because it was real noise. And that would loop at the end. And I just played it all night. And when I heard chickens, I turned it up, you know, and it, and it worked fairly well. You can put earplugs on top of that. You, you could try noise canceling some things. Some of them are really, really, really good, but the batteries will run good. Um, but if you just try to normally sleep, you're not going to do it. Your chickens are going to drive you insane. Chickens are going to drive you to killing, murdering, homicide, of your neighbors. And you're going to go to them. If it's really a big problem, you're going to go to them and say, hey, 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 Bob, how you doing? How you doing? You know, well, I'm doing good. Thank you. And, uh, you know, Bob, uh, I've lived in Southeast Asia a while now. And I understand about chickens. I understand that, uh, you know, you like to eat them. Tastes good. Oh, they're tasty. And they're easy to raise, and they're cheap, you know. I like them, too. I like everything about chickens, Bob. Except 
I can't sleep and I'm really, really tired. After five months of not sleeping, I, I gotta sleep. You know, Bob, if you, if, you, if you can't do something about these chickens, I gotta go get a hotel because I can't sleep at all. I never could. So what can we do, Bob? You know, at nighttime, could you put them, uh, you know, like uh, over there in the shed, could you do that, Bob? And maybe you suggest two or three things and they're just staring at you like deer in headlights. doesn't matter what country. Just, what, what? And at the end of your little tirade, you're polite, polite. Little tirade. They'll say, well, we got some chickens, but they don't make any noise. And they will stick to that to the dying day. And you will, you might end up saying, Bob, you're, you're lying. You're a lying piece of shit. Here, here's the recording. Here's, you know, it's on my phone, Bob. You know, all freaking night. You know, roosters don't just do that shit in the morning. Oh, no, 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 no. They do it all goddamn night. Depending on the rooster, but most of them. Um, and Bob will just insist that they don't make any sound. What are you What are you talking about? Are you crazy, Falang? You just come. You want to make trouble, you know. And if you push it at all, at all, then you make an enemy for life. You'll never patch it up. And Bob will tell his wife, and then his wife goes around and tells every woman in the village or in the province that you're a flaming asshole, Falang, making up stories about their chickens. And everybody will say, yeah, we, we heard about that from Falangs. You know, they like to do that because they're assholes. You know, and pretty soon, they all hate you. I mean, they really viscerally hate you. There's nothing you can ever do that will undo it. And your wife is mortified. Your girlfriend's mortified. Your, your kids are afraid to go to school. No, I'm not kidding you. This is how it will go. This is the path it will take if you start pushing back against the chickens. And of course, you're thinking, well, Bob's just a lying piece of fucking shit. He's just a fucking piece of shit. He's just rude and he's inconsiderate, inconsiderate to the nth degree. Fuck Bob. You know, pretty soon you got a feud going. Well, it's you against the entire region, <laughs> you know. And how do you think that's going to turn out? You know, things are going to happen to your car, your motorbike. Uh, your cat's going to disappear. Probably your dog. Well, they're going to barbecue that turkey, you know, so he's not going to waste anyway. Um, they might even invite you over. <laughs> Let's try to patch this up here, uh, Jake. Here, have a little hunk of steak, you know. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding you, not even slightly. Um... So how can, how does this situation come to be? Is Bob a lion piece sack of shit? Just trying to make trouble? No, Bob is not. Here's what you got to know about chickens. Here's nobody understands this unless you've been here a long, long time and lived in the provinces with your wife and her family. And you, and you learn and you see what goes on. Okay, here's the secret to chickens. The people don't hear them. They don't hear them at all. 
It's because the day they were born, I heard a bunch of chickens. And by the time they're a week old, the brain figures out, oh, chickens aren't important. Uh, tune them out. Turn them off. Don't hear them anymore. Okay. <laughs> and, they, and they hone that ability their entire lives. Um, they don't hear the chickens. And they don't believe that you do either. They think you're just a troublemaking asshole. And there's nothing you can do to convince them. Playing back tapes, that didn't help anything. Some guys have taken to recording their chickens. And then in the middle of the night, they're playing back through a loudspeaker mounted on their roof, pointed right at the neighbor's house. Only 46 times louder than the chickens really were. It freaks out the chickens, but the idea is to give the neighbor a taste of what he's given you. And he'll just uh, call the cops and the cops will arrest you, take your loudspeaker, maybe even throw you out of the country. So you get your earplugs, you get whatever you're going to get, you get your ambient noise, <clears throat> your white noise, whatever, you, whatever you're going to do. And you don't bring it up. Not one time, not ever, not ever. Some guys have mentioned, they've, they've thought, well, okay, okay, that, that's not going to work. I'm not going to sleep with earplugs. Um, how about if I get a hold of that family and I pay them, I make a contract with them, regular legal contract. And the contract says I will give them, eh, you know, 2,000 baht, 4,000 peso every month, whatever. Uh, if they get rid of all the chickens within 24 hours and they never have another one. Um, I don't know, guys have threatened that, something like that quite a bit. I don't know of anybody who's ever followed through on it and tried it. I suspect what would happen is they would take the money, cheerfully, and the chickens would all be gone in, you know, not 24 hours, they'd be gone in a week. Well, they're really hard to sell, you know, we can't find homes for this one, and it would take a week. But they'd probably all be gone. But then after a few weeks, the chickens start showing up again. And you, and you think, okay, Bob, motherfucker, breach your contract. You know, now you're toast. Now you're mine. You broke the contract. And you <laughs> stomp over there. And you say, Bob, look at this thing you signed. You said you wouldn't have any chickens. Oh, I, I don't have any chickens. I don't know where those came from. Um, I think maybe my, my cousin left him here, you know, just for a week because he's going to a town, something like that. They're not our chickens. No, 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 no. We, we, would, we would never have chickens because we signed that contract and we want that money. But, uh, but, you know, maybe you could sign a contract with my cousin, you know, like that. Maybe that would work. Okay, that's how it's going to go. So, fuck the chickens. Forget the chickens. Or whatever else they got going. The dogs, they don't hear dogs either. There have been times in my life when I had a lot of noise going on like that. Really intrusive, annoying, irritating noise. And I learned to tune it out. Um, I remember one time I was in the desert in uh, oh, New Mexico, southern New Mexico. And I was over to a neighbor's house and we were outside. And we were just talking, passing the time about some damn thing, watching the pigs, I think, or something. 
And pretty much at the same time, we both stopped. She got funny looks on both of our faces, just looking at each other. And uh, one of us or the other or both of us kind of cocked our head. Like, Do you hear that? Do you hear that? And the other one is like, no, no, I don't. But something is weird. Something is wrong. What's going on? And then it hit us just about the same time. Um, we didn't hear anything because the ambient noise that we'd been listening to for seven months that was nonstop had just stopped for the first time in seven months. And our brains couldn't compute that until we figured out what it was. The ambient noise was thunder. This was uh, an area on the Mogollon Rim down uh, New Mexico's version of the Mogollon Rim cuts through Arizona and it kind of peters out over into New Mexico. But um, it was just an area of supremely violent summer weather that came up mostly out of Mexico. Thunder and lightning like I had never seen before. We actually, our car actually got hit with Cherokee, Jeep Cherokee thing got struck on the hood driving down the freeway. Um, never stopped. And we tuned it out. We learned to tune it out. It's the same way with the chickens. They tune it out. They don't hear it. I've been in situations where they were shooting all the time. All the time. Just pop, 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 pop. Pop, pop. Pop, pop, pop. You know, like that. Never stopped for, really for months. And I tuned that out. So if I can do that, you know, in my old age, relatively old adult at least, over the period of a few months, the indigenous people of Southeast Asia, they started learning that the day they were born. And you think how entrenched and, and how how well developed that skill is in their brains by now, by the time they're 40, they don't hear their own chickens, they don't hear their neighbor's chickens, they don't hear chickens, okay? Let it go. That's one of the things you've got to choke down when you think, when you decide, before you decide to move to Southeast Asia, any country, even to some degree Singapore, probably not Hong Kong. Well, no, 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 God, that's not true. So in Hong Kong also, a little bit, not too much, a little bit. Very little, actually. Well, it depends on where you are. Okay, okay. Um, I've seen people in Hong Kong keep them in their goddamn condos because it's their lifestyle. They're born into it. They can't, they can't exist without live chickens. They just they cannot. I mean, you got to have a cat, they got to have a chicken, you know, or two or three. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, so just let it go. Just stop it, stop it, stop, you know, just do a little lobotomy, cut out that part of your brain, the whole chicken part of your brain, cut it out, cut it out, you know, do something to it. I don't know, freeze it or something so it doesn't, function anymore. Forget the chickens. Don't talk about them. Don't bitch about them. Uh, your wife are gonna, is going to think you're crazy and you're just going to embarrass her. She's going to feel sad that she hooked up with such a stupid fling. Causes trouble through the village, you know. Just don't do it. Just don't go there. Don't go to chicken town. <laughs> really, don't go to crazy town. Go, don't, well, you're already in crazy town, but don't go to chicken town. I mean, that's a suburb of crazy town. 
dogs are pretty much the same issue. No, not pretty much. They are. They are the same issue. They're the same issue. Um, dogs that bite are a different story. There are some remedies for that. In Southeast Asia, the remedies aren't good. In the U.S., the remedies are good. You call animal control, psst, they're gone. Southeast Asia, and no, you got to be creative and you got to think and act and work outside the box. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not going to go there, I don't think. You're, you're going to have to go Googling to figure that one out. Um, okay. Forget chickens. Oh, what else? What, what else are we doing? Um, I don't know how we got on a chicken thing. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. God, I just, I'm looking here. I'm just looking at, at, at this wolfman face in the mirror. I, I mean, in the camera, I got to go get a haircut tomorrow. Oh, this is looking terrible. Terrible. Not really professional. Um, people always ask me, what do things cost in Southeast Asia? Well, it depends on the country a little bit. Hong Kong was effing expensive. Singapore is effing expensive. Uh, Malaysia is a little more expensive. Uh, Cambodia is stupid. Well, no, okay. I was going to say stupid, inexpensive. Cambodia is, for many, for many things, they're stupid, inexpensive. For many things, I... I found food in Cambodia to be stupid expensive. I'm not really a shopper, you know, I'm not a coupon clipper and I don't follow that closely, but I found food to be damned expensive in Cambodia, all over. Of course, you got to realize also that you're, you're eating filet food, you're not eating Khmer food, you know. And same in, in all the countries. If you want to eat their food, if you want to eat rice and papaya and pineapple, you know, pretty cheap, pretty cheap. Really stinking, shockingly cheap, but you're going to get really, really tired of that. You're going to want phalang food sometimes, and you're going to pay through that ass for it. So tomorrow I'll go get a haircut. Um, I can get one even in even in central Manila, the nice part of Manila. I can still get one for. Well, it's expensive. It's, it's just freaking expensive. Um. I got a friendly barber. I got to walk like about a mile. I got to walk about a mile to get to him. He's got a little shop. Uh, it's got a top over it. And the sides consist of adjacent buildings. Uh, but it's a nice little shop and a couple of guys in there and they're good and not usually all that busy. And they are, um, let's see, 140 pesos, 140 pesos. Um, what the hell? What the, what the hell is 100 pesos? I think that's dollar eighty. 100 pesos is about a dollar eighty, dollar sixty, something like that, I believe. I think so. I got too many currencies running through my head. Um, it's a, it's like I don't know, three dollars, something like that. No more than three bucks. And you get a nice, good, good, good quality haircut. Okay, uh, that's too far to walk. There's another one I can go two blocks. And it's a it's a regular uh, salon. It's a, it's a biggish salon in their, in their own establishment. Uh, beautiful girls at the counter, you know, the whole bit. Uh, nice decor. 
soft lighting, soft music. Um, got about 12, 14 stylists in there. They'll do anything you want, anything you want. They got books, you know, this is a normal salon, excuse me, a normal salon. You can pick out whatever style you want, change your whole style, whatever. Um, they'll take about 45 minutes on a haircut. Very careful. Trim every hair, facial hair, everything trimmed. And when they're done, you get a full massage. And that's uh, eight bucks. Let's see, 500 pesos, that's about eight. No, it's about, it might be nine bucks. Maybe 920, something like that. Okay, so that's indicative of a lot of prices. Southeast Asia, except for Singapore, Hong Kong. Uh, so tomorrow, you know, I shall do that. And I'll, I'll have to go take out a loan, you know, to get that done. Okay. Um, cost of living in, in various countries. I, I get notes from the last episode or two or three that I haven't dealt with here. Cost of living in various Southeast countries. Well, we talked about Hong, Hong Kong, Singapore. Which one's more expensive? I, man, I'm not sure. I, I'm thinking Hong Kong. Well, I don't know what, since the Chinese took over, I don't know what has happened to their economy. Lots and lots of people left. I mean, like hundreds of thousands, I think, left. Uh, and uh, England said, yeah, come on here. You know, you're, you're welcome. Come on in. All welcome, you know. And so they did. They just flooded and England gave them passports and maybe citizenship. I don't know. Because Hong Kong was a, a British... Um, colony? Is that the correct word for what the British did there? The British made it what it was, which is one of the most highly functioning cities on earth. On earth. And the British did that. Chinese didn't do it. British did it. And then the British uh, left and made China sign a contract saying, look, uh, you know, don't fuck with them. It's working. Why fuck with it? Why change it? Why mess it up? Just leave them alone for 50 years. And the Chinese said, yeah, that, that's fair because, you know, you built Hong Kong. We didn't. You built it. You made it work. You showed everybody how to make a beautiful city. You showed them how to make it a rich city, successful beyond anybody's wildest dreams. Okay, so that's fair. You know, we'll just leave it alone because we ain't going to fix what ain't broken. And uh, England's like, yeah, okay, thank you. Shake up. And they did. They signed a massive contract. And the uh, British pulled out, went home. And then it was some number of years, just a few years later, Chinese said, well, you know, yeah, they, they built it. They created Hong Kong, uh, but they're gone now. You know, What are they going to do if we just take it? What would the Ferengi say? What would a Ferengi do? They would just take it. What would the Chinese do? they just take it. Because the Chinese are the Ferengi. Jesus Christ. 
So anyway, Hong Kong, Singapore, expensive. Malaysia, a little more expensive, not too good. Um, the rest of the countries, the core countries, they're cheap, but getting less cheap every year. I had not been to the Philippines for like eight years. And then I just came, you know, six months ago, whatever. Came out of Romania, came here. And I was shocked at the price increases, shocked. And so are the people. So are the Filipinos. They're like, what, what, what? What, a bag of rice costs how much now? What? Okay. Uh, of course, I'm in the, in the very pinnacle of the richest, richest section of all the Philippines. So that's a big factor. Um, Thailand was pretty affordable. It was okay. You're going to pay for some Western things, you know, because they got to ship them in small quantities and they got to take a chance on them not selling because they don't really understand phalangs. They don't know what they're going to buy for sure. So they're afraid to really bring too much in. It doesn't sell, it doesn't sell and they're out that money. So they got to make a pretty hefty profit on the stuff that they do bring in. The thing that I found in way too many cases was that the prices got so obnoxious for phalang food stuffs and, and for actually for all kinds of other stuff too. The prices got so odious, so dishonest that I could order that same stuff out of Amazon very often for half the price, even with shipping. And if I ordered something in a little town, you know, 100 miles outside of Bangkok, it was going to take four days, if you're really lucky, probably more like eight, nine, ten days, maybe two weeks to show up. Half the time it was going to be the wrong thing. It was going to be a broken thing. Um, I mean, a really high percentage of, of the times. Or, and, and it was going to be expensive, stupidly expensive. Or I could order it from Amazon and it would show up in, depending on the shipping you got, you could get it there in three days. And many times, even with shipping, it would be half the price of what the local Thailand people, uh, shops were going were gonna to charge you. And I, I just did that increasingly. But the problem was that Thai customs will steal a large percentage of what you order in. And we'll talk about Thai customs later. Um, Amazon, luckily, just refunds. If it doesn't show up on your doorstep, on the, on the delivery date, for whatever reason, even if customs stole it and you can document that they stole it, Amazon refunds. And then Amazon goes and fights with them. And in my experience, Amazon never got a single thing back. Thai customs just keeps it. It's a huge Thai customs racket, mostly coming out of Suwarnabhumi Airport, where, where some of the big customs uh, installations are. Uh, it's a mess. So 
all the countries are going to be more or less the same as far as cost of living. Uh, Bangkok itself has gotten more expensive. Go to Isan, you're going to live for pennies. But nobody wants to live in Isan. Who wants to live in a, on the, you know, the center of a pool table? You know, that's uh, 500 miles by 500 miles and nowhere to go. God, I lived out there. Oh my God. It was... Every day I sharpened my little plastic picnic knife, you know, just, just in case I had to go for the carotid. Come on, you know, oh God, one more day of this shit. Okay. Um, there are jungly places more north. You can get up in the mountains a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit cooler. They're cheaper, but they're still going to be expensive. And especially when they see you coming and you've got white skin, the price is going to go two, three times and sometimes, many times, and this really pisses people off, they will have a sign for a service or some goods, and they will say, Thai price, 100 baht. Phalang price, 250 baht. Same item. And that's especially uh, true when you're trying to get in some place, like a park, even a national park, something like that, or, or lots of entertainment venues, stuff like that. It didn't, it never bothered me that much because I understand that they're only doubling or tripling the price. Okay, we have, as a phalang, we have somewhere probably between 10 and 100 times as much money as the ties. So if they're only doubling the price for us, it wasn't really that bad. And these places are struggling anyway because the ties can't afford to pay enough to keep them going. So they got to get money where they can, you know. Uh, it, 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 it bothered me just a teensy little bit in the back of my brain, but some guys go crazy over it. They're just crazy, shrieking, F Thailand, F ties. Well, it happens all over Southeast Asia, so you've got to say F Southeast Asia, you know. I did not see it ever, ever, ever happen in Singapore or Hong Kong. It might. I never saw it. Uh, what would be the very, 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 very cheapest country to go to to, to try to live if, the, if, you, if you haven't got much money? What would be the very cheapest one? Probably Burma. Get out in the province. Get out in the sticks. You're not, you're not going to survive out there alone. You got to have a girlfriend. Probably, probably Burma would be the cheapest. I know Laos is pretty, pretty cheap. I lived in Pakse for a while. Been to Wienchen a number of times, but I lived in Pakse. Uh, it was just normal rural small town living. I lived really, really well, but I, could, I couldn't get the stuff I wanted to live really, really well for any price. Um, for a long time, I lived in the, uh, the palace of the one of the previous uh, kings, and he and his wife had been killed up in well, up in Wienchen. Uh Some bullshit thing. I don't know. Some ne'er do well killed him and. <laughs> of course, they didn't come back to the palace. 
and uh, about that time, their economy was tanking as a as a nation or a kingdom, and so they the government just took over the palace and made it a kind of a hotel. But they had some apartments. Uh, also, you could get by the month, and I got one up on top of the building. It's a nice apartment, just sat out there by itself on top of the building of the palace. I remember I showed up there in, in a tuk-tuk with, uh, he, well, with, their tuk-tuks are not like Thailand tuk-tuks. Their tuk-tuks hold, uh, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 people. They're, they're like dump trucks, you know, they're cattle trucks. And so that thing was full and they're going around dropping people off in Pakse. And I was in there with, with my girlfriend. Whole nother story. <laughs> Jesus. This flaming red hair, redhead Laotian girl. Redheads are uh, fiery. Did you know that? It's a it's a gene. <laughs> I swear to God, it's a gene. Jesus Christ. Oh god. Stories, I got stories later. Um so anyway, we're in this big tuk-tuk thing, cattle truck. And they're dropping people off. And, and everybody's getting dropped off at, you know, $2 a night flop houses. A lot of backpackers and shit like that. <laughs> we had just come from uh, the Mekong. We'd been on the Mekong for a long time, a month and a half, something like that. Just, just screwing around. And uh, that was over by the Vietnam border. Uh, towards it, and then well, we went from there to the Vietnam border. Took our motorbikes, went to the Vietnam border. And, okay, whatever. So we're in this tuk tuk, -tuk thing, and we come, we're dropping all these people off of their two dollar flop houses, and then they come to the to the palace, and it's a regular palace. I don't know how many rooms they had, um, hundreds, hundreds of rooms, one building, all white, huge columns out in front. You know, it, it looked about as impressive as the White House. You know, pretty cool. And I was booked into there for an apartment. Cool. And uh, we we rolled up to that thing in a big private private entrance thing, and uh, everybody's uh, oh god, what are we doing here? And, and they're actually knocking on the on the cab of the truck. No, nobody here is going here. You know, why, why are we stopping? <laughs> and they, they stopped and we hopped out and everybody who are those people oh shit I should have got their picture you know? <laughs> and we stayed there quite a while and had a mostly nice time uh, but it was cheap even that thing was cheap dirt cheap dirt cheap nice um, Vietnam I found Vietnam to be a little expensive I was only around Saigon in that region. I did not go to Hanoi. Specifically, I did not go there. I didn't want to go there. Too many people told me too many things. Um, I found Vietnam a little expensive, yeah. And hard to get stuff also. Uh, at that time, Saigon only had one mall, as I recall. They, they, had, you know, they had some little teeny tiny mall kind of sort of things owned by private people. I don't even know who owned them. They were shit. They were shit. But they had one quote-unquote real mall, and it wasn't very big at all. You know, it's like probably a, God, I don't know, a tenth 
the size of a mall you would find in Philippines or might not even be a tenth of the size. That was their mall. Anyway, it was a government mall because they're communist, you know, because the U.S. lost and communism swept in like a cancer, took over everything. So the mall in Saigon, I don't, they probably got other ones by now, I don't know. Um, the mall at that time was the government, the official government mall. That's where you're supposed to go to shop. And so we went in there to look around and you're met by armed guards out front and they would let you in, I think. I can't remember if you had that sign your name or anything. I can't remember. Pretty formal. And then you go up, it was only about three floors, not a very big building. And we wanted to go into a department store and they had armed guards at the door of that. And they, in bad English, they said, what do you want? And we said, well, we started to just walk past them and they got in front of us and said, what do you want? Where are you going? We said, well, we're going, you know, there. We're going in this mall, in, in this department store. Why? Well, um, we're what you call shoppers. You ever heard of that? Um, what do you want to buy? Well, I don't really know. I want to look and see what they have. You know, can we do that? Well, sign. You must sign and show passport. And we're like, really? Really? Um, and we did, and we got in and walked around. We, we weren't in there four or five minutes, and they, they had nothing that we even wanted to look at. Walked out, you know. Uh, Vietnam was like that a lot in those days. I don't know. I haven't been back there for a long time. I got some family going there in a few weeks. We'll find out an update from them. Uh, let's see what else you got. Malaysia. Um, there's some perks to Malaysia. The, the crime maybe possibly is a little lower in Malaysia. Go around, go look around uh, Georgetown, Kuala Lumpur. Um, Singapore, if you had, well, I was going to say if you had a lot of money, you could retire in Singapore. But even if you have a lot of money, it's difficult. They don't want you to just retire there. They want you to be involved in some kind of corporate business thing, a big thing, not a small thing, a big thing, big money. They only want big money. They want to be a financial center, period. That's all they want. And, uh, you know, they suppose, you know, some people must have to also live there, you know, and that's kind of unseemly, but, uh, you know, they'll let them, they suppose. Um... If you if you had really a lot of money, you go in there and and you drop a mill, and you start a corporation, and then you can live your life out there. Doesn't really matter if you make any money or not. Uh, and for some people, Singapore would be heaven on earth. Um, I I thought it was when I first started going there. I thought, my God, how can I get in here? How can I get out? Oh, oh God, I want to live here. This is this is my heaven. This is my bed that's just right. And then I went back again and again, spent more time, more time, more time. And uh, pretty quickly, like in two weeks, I realized 
I had seen everything there was to see because it's a city nation. It's not a country. It's just a city nation that resides within the country of Malaysia. It's not Malaysia. It's Singapore, but it re resides in the city of uh, the country of Malaysia. Malaysia's big. It's got everything. Singapore's small. It's a, it's a nice city. Really honest, really quiet, really safe. Uh, you, could, you could live a nice life in Singapore, but they don't want you unless you've got a big corporation or you work for one. Um, go over to Borneo. That's the home of the last orangutans, the last wild ones on earth. Jungly, jungly, jungly. The people are not friendly. <laughs> it's not a tourist location, so they aren't conditioned to having weird people hanging around and taking pictures of shit. You know, they don't like it. But you could carve out a life. You know, it's cheap. You could carve out a life there. It's cheap because there are no tourists. Uh, learn to speak their language. You know, that's that's your key to almost any country anywhere on earth. You learn their language and, you're, and you learn it well. You're fluent, you know, not just cobbing together stupid sentences. You're, you're fluent. And you got a feel for it. And you can actually talk. Get rid of your accent. Get their accent, you know, to the degree possible. And uh, there's other places around there. Some people like Indonesia. I don't know too many who do. It's a little bit crazy. Uh, getting more expensive. Quite a bit more expensive. Not a lot of... Life on the beaches. There's not, there's not a lot of life anywhere else. Uh, let's see what else you got. Philippines. We got India. Oh, that reminds me, I got another note here. Somebody said, uh, what kind of idiot are you? You said you loved all East Indians. But what about this and this and this and this and this? And this? And oh, I'm like, oh, got me. Yeah, baby, you got me. Fair and square, you got me. Okay, I said in the last tape that I I liked East Indians and I get along with them. Well, I do. I get along with them. That doesn't mean they're all angelic. <laughs> One of the things that I did not like about them and that shocked me really quite a bit when I saw them in action around various Southeast Asian countries, but there's more of them in Thailand. There's quite a few of them in the Philippines also. It's a different class of them in Philippines than it is in Thailand. In Thailand, it's guys, and they want girls, and that's all they want. That's all they want. And they don't have any money. They don't have any money. They barely got there from India. Barely. I think they hid in the goddamn landing gear compartment, you know, half of them. But they made it to Thailand. Who knows? They got money to get home. Um... And they get off the plane, they want girls. They want girls right in the airport. They want them right now, right now, right now. You know, 
we'll take you somewhere. We'll fuck you in the back of the cab, all of us together, you know. And God, we're, we're going to give you a dollar fifty, you know. Oh God, is that okay? Is that okay? Okay, that's their attitude. Um, I know a lot of bar girls and street girls who were badly, badly, badly mistreated by them. And I watched them argue with these girls continuously. The girls would be on the street and whatever their going price was, uh, you know, street girls, oh God, it might be probably the average was, well, yeah, shit. I mean, they would ask for 1,500 bucks and nobody paid that for the street girls. They would, they just come down and down and down and uh, most of them would not go below about 800 bucks. Uh, some of them would go down to 500 bucks. Um, I was sitting one day drinking Starbucks and this gorgeous girl came along and stopped at my table and wanted to know if I wanted her. And I said, no, 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 thank you. No, thank you. My help, Captain Crook, you're beautiful. Why not? Well, I... I just, you know, I'm, oh, I'm, that's it. I'm married. I'm married. And she said, it's okay. We, we boom, boom. Anyway, I don't care. Well, you know, I wasn't married, but I just trying to make her go away. And she said something like, uh, 1000 baht, you fuck me now. And I'm like, no, no, thank you. No, no, really. No. Thank you, Maya. Maya. Uh, and then she's 800 baht, and then she's 500 baht, and then she's uh, 300 baht. And she just kept going, and she got down to 150 baht, which is five bucks. And I had to get really insistent, you know, time to go. And she finally did, and she hated me, because I wouldn't take her for 150 baht, you know. Um, Anyway, the East Indians will get them, they'll find them out there on the street, mall, in the restaurant, whatever, it doesn't matter. They don't care. They're, they don't care. And they would say, how much? And, and not that many of them want to take a girl alone. They come in pods, little gangs of them. Always, it seemed like, at least two, but very often four or five. And they all want the same girl. And uh, they would say, how much? And she would say, uh, you know, 1,200 baht, whatever, which is a little high. And they and they would just throw up their hands and start to walk away. No, no, you are a scammer. Oh, you are a bad girl. You know, on and on like that. English was the only common language they had. And it was bad for both of them. But, um. And then she's like, well, uh, 700 baht for each. And they're like, oh, no, we cannot, cannot pay, cannot pay. And it just went on like that. And they were, they, they, I don't know if they were or not, but they would act just incensed that she wanted 700 baht for each of them. They say, no, 700 baht for all. And... Uh, and the haggling would go back and forth. And I would say something like 90% of the time, they never came to a deal. And these guys stomp off. I know one girl, I was in the bar one day and uh, a girl came in. 
she's talking about. She just had a, a date with an uh, East Indian guy. <laughs> and so she's on the bed in the slimy, stinky, hot hotel, and, and he gets done. And he gets up. And he opens the door to another room or something. There's like five other guys in there. They're waiting, waiting for their turn. And he says, oh, okay, you, you can fuck my friend. You can fuck my friend. No, 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 you must pay. And, and, and so the same haggling shit went back and forth. She's still naked on the bed. And they got her down to like 150 baht for each one extra. And they all came in, took turns, catered the amount that they agreed on. Because the, the girls will call the cops if they go. If they don't pay what they promise, they'll call the goddamn cops. The cops will come, and they won't arrest the girl for prostitution, even though it's technically illegal. Um, they won't do anything to the girl. They'll ream the guys, because the cops depend on the revenue from the girls. Okay, so they're, they're, the, the girls are their cash cow. They're not going to fuck that up. They don't care about the guys. Um, and so they would, the, the cops would make them pay. They would intimidate them into paying or, you know, okay, we go to station. We go to station now. The chief want to talk to you, you know, like that. And uh, they would collect all their passports and they were just intimidated. So, so they learned pretty quickly. The word got around that you don't, you know, whatever you agree to pay to the girl, that's what you fucking pay. So anyway, they got all of them done. Jesus Christ, that's grisly. That's just revolting to me. Just revolting. No condoms. <laughs> and I knew this girl somewhat. Talked to her a bunch of times. Anyway, they all got done, okay? <laughs> and she got up, got dressed. Normally she would take a shower. She said she didn't want to take a shower because she was afraid they would fuck her somewhere. So she just put her clothes on all over her nasty, dripping self. How's the visuals going for you there, uh, Bob? And she waddled on back to <laughs> the bar and she sat down. And the other girls could tell something kind of big had happened, you know. And uh, what happened? What happened? Um, she starts talking about it, and, and she actually was perfectly okay with it. Um, she told them exactly what happened. All the other guys come in, they start haggling, and they get her down to 150 baht for each extra one. The first one had to pay the whatever it was. I think he got her down to like three or 400 baht. I can't remember. And then uh, there was a total of seven. So it was the one guy plus six friends, a total of seven. And... They all fucked her and fucked her and fucked her. They're horny little rabbit bastards, you know. They, they Half of them have never had a real girl in their lives. God. And uh, when they get a real one, you ain't going to stop them for quite a while till their batteries run down. So she earned it. She earned it. She worked. Well, she no, she didn't work hard. She just laid there. She She's not going to do anything for 150 bucks. She's not going to do anything. She's not even going to moan. She's not even going to do a fake moan. She's going to lay there. Probably played on her phone, you know. Whatever. Are you done? Okay. Next. Come on. Come on. 
Lulu, come on. <laughs> and so she's back in the bar. She's telling the story and uh, she's laughing. Because she said that was the easiest money she ever made. She said she would have done it for less than 150 baht a head. Because she just had to lay there. That's it. She was already there. She's already naked. You know, I mean, one guy, one really, really horny big old phalang, he would have kept it up longer than these seven little dwarves put together. So she was okay. She made extra money. And, you know, she just laughed and laughed and laughed. Um, so anyway, East Indians, they really, really crude to the girls. I had no trouble with them ever when it was me and them one-on-one, -on -one, ever. Uh, there, you gotta be careful of their food. They're notorious for giving you food poisoning in their restaurants, notorious. I liked East Indian food so much that I chanced it quite a few times. And I got sick off of every other food, but I never got sick off of East Indian food there. Maybe the curry kills the bacteria. I don't know what the hell, but. Um, I don't know. I got along okay. I, so, you know, like I said in the last tape, I got along with East Indians, but I had forgotten to mention this other dark aspect of their characters about the girls. Uh, they go around. They don't cause any trouble. They don't start fights. If they drink, they do it somewhere in private. I virtually never saw them in the bars. Never saw them staggering around. Just virtually never. I don't remember one incident of it. Um... They can tend to be quite intelligent people. They're kind of technically oriented. Uh, I've got a good friend up in Bangladesh. Uh, we did a lot of stuff together. Um, I remember when the Myanmar, Burma, was uh, doing genocide on the Rohingya. I never pronounce it. Rohingya? Rohingya. I never pronounce it correctly. Uh, those are the uh, sort of the stateless people who live all through central uh, Burma. And they were being pushed. Well, they've been killed. If they didn't want to be killed, they, if you could still walk, you better head north up into uh, to the Bangladesh region. And they're being pursued by the, by the Burmese army all the way. It was, it was a blood feud kind of a thing. Both sides were wrong. But anyway, I felt bad for these people, really bad for them. Um, and I had that friend up in Bangladesh, and I still do. And we were trying to arrange some boats um, to get these people and take them, get them out of the country, or some of them wanted to go south, bypass uh, Burma and down into, uh, where the hell were they going? I think they wanted to go to Malaysia. But they, they, as they're being pushed north, they didn't want to go to uh, Bangladesh. They didn't, because that was just camps. That was, that's, that was just camps. It was horrible. And so they wanted to, and, and, and the ones in the camps wanted out also. And they wanted out before they even got to the camps. So uh, we were trying to arrange some boats to get them on lonely stretches of beach in northern Burma, the west coast, 
and just pick them up off the beach and um, go offshore a ways, 20, 30, 50 miles, and go south, you know, and then drop them off where they wanted to go and save their lives. Um, we found out that the, uh, the Burmese army was hunting them off the coast. Uh, they had a number of pr pretty good maritime assets out there. Not great stuff, but, you know, certainly better than anything we could come up with. And they were just hunting, hunting the people, hunting them. And uh, they would come into beach areas where they knew they were massing up. they just kill them. Just machine gun spray them. Uh, and some other people had got this boat idea before, and they had come in with some boats. And they were loading up the Rohingya people, as many as they could take, you know, small boats. They could take 10 or they could take 50, you know, depending on the boat. And then they'd head straight out to sea, 30, 40, 50 miles. And then they'd make a left-hand turn to go south. And they're cruising along, cruising along, out of sight of land, pretty much, usually. And they're, and they're hoping they can just keep cruising and drop them off. Well, the Burmese army, or, or Navy, I guess, out there, um, if they spotted them, they just sink them. They just sink the boats. Just blow them out of the water. And I don't know, I don't know, any of that ever made the news. Probably somebody must have uncovered that, I don't know. Uh, and, and so those guys fell off. The, the, the guys who were willing to do that, those numbers fell off. You know, people didn't want to lose their votes and shit like that. Uh, and we got this idea, okay, let's try to get a really big boat. We can put 5,000 on a really big boat. And if they can get into the border at Bangladesh, uh, if they can get across there and they're in the camps, then we can get them from the camps to the ship. Uh, technically, they're not supposed to leave the camps, uh, and, and there were armed guards, but we, we felt pretty sure if we spread a, a little bit of money around to the guards and said, look, you know, um, we're getting these people out of your hair, you know, you, you let us take these people and uh, you don't have to feed them anymore, you don't have to guard them anymore, you know, and it, we were pretty sure we could get large numbers of them out of the camps. There was one particular big, big big camp right across the little creek thing there. Um, and so we were trying to get a ship that we could get close to there and then just fill that turkey up. And we thought, okay, with a ship, we're going to go offshore from that area a long way, let's say 500 miles. We're going to go farther than the Burmese Navy would be. Then we make our left-hand turn, we go down. We stay 500 miles offshore all the way down. And probably we wouldn't be bothered, maybe by pirates, but not. we're not going to get blown out of the water by the Bur Burmese Navy. God, we tried We tried for a long time. We, we actually found the ship that would work. Um, and then the kind of at that point, the problem started, and, and we just could never get it done. We just couldn't get it done. Uh, 
So it was really a heartbreaking thing. And I don't know what the current status of it is. I haven't even looked at it for several years. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, my friend up there had a whole bunch of calamities hit him in his life. And he had a factory up there. He had a, a, a an apparel factory. He lost that, uh, COVID. Uh, I got a message to him like a year ago, say, hey, how how you doing? You know, I'm I'm gonna be flying right over your city, you know, you want me to stop? And he messaged back and he, and he's talking along and he's like, Well, you know, we have a lot of trouble now. I don't know, maybe uh we got really big problems and and I'm thinking maybe cut off. It stopped. Stopped right there in mid mid message. And he sent it, but then he never would reply again after that. So I, I need to try to get back to him. I don't I, I don't know what the nature of, of the problem was. Um, Bangladesh is a pretty exotic place. That's that would be a place to consider. You know, if you got money, if you got money, well, like it doesn't take much money in Bangladesh, really. Think about it. Don't dismiss it. You know, it's crowded. It's dirty. It's nasty in lots and lots and lots and lots of ways. But it's exotic if you want exotic. Stinky, oh God. Don't go there with any kind of respiratory problem. Uh, get all your shots. <laughs> That's the one place you go. You get all your freaking shots. You know, really diligently you get your shots. Um... Okay, so that's kind of a just a very vague overview of some of the countries you might think about going to. I, if I get tired of the Philippines, I, I was just down getting my mail a little while ago out of my own private box. Uh, the mailboxes are situated behind the security counter. No way anybody else can get to them. Then I went down and got my mail and uh, they made me sign for it. It wasn't a registered letter or anything. It was a utility bill but they made me sign to access my own mail in my own box. Uh, now, if we want to go to our pool, we've got to fill out a form to go to the pool. And every person with us has to fill out the same form to go swim for half an hour. Um, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on like that. I'll, I'll talk a very great deal more about the Philippines and why it might be a bed too hard for me. Maybe not. Jury's out. Uh, every time I turn around, I'm seeing more and more uh, the scent of communism in Philippines. Communism. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll make a note. <laughs> I'll tell you some of the shit I saw in what, what used to be communist Romania. Uh, and, and how they were doing things during communism, how they're still doing things. Uh, you, you need to get these goddamn snowflakes by the scruff of the neck and shove their goddamn stupid, pimply fucking faces into the communist shit that's going on around the world and say, look, you little twit motherfucker, you stupid little retard. Is this really what you want? Oh, that's fake. That's not really real. You made this up. Okay. Fucking take them there. Scruff of the neck. Take them there. Make them live there six months. I guarantee they're going to fucking want out. They, Jesus Christ, a week they want out. 
and they're going to go back to the U.S. and, and they're going to apologize for trying to push this goddamn socialist, goddamn mental retarded fucking agenda. Yeah, democracy sucks in all kinds of ways. It's fucked. But it's 60 times less fucked than the socialist way. And I'm sorry, that's the way the world is. I'm, that's, that's very disappointing to me about the world. I, I would hope the world would be 57 times better, but it's not. So, you know, go start your own country and make it right. You know, if I, if I had magical alien powers, oh fuck, watch out, baby. <laughs> Shit's going to change. Uh, okay. What do we got? What do we get for time? I'm still answering these notes. Yeah, we got lots of time. Um, cost of living. We kind of covered that. We'll maybe touch on it later. Oh, okay. People ask me, oh God, I got a lot of these. People want to know about massage parlors. Oh, hell. Um, a lot of people, they know what the bars are around Thailand, different countries. They know what the bars are, kind of, sort of. They got a vague notion of what the bars are. But they think massage parlors, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, so those are, those are like, you know, professional ladies, though. That's a, they're medical ladies. They're, they're just barely under a nurse, you know. And those are nice places. God, we find some good ladies there, you know. We'll find a lady to marry there in the massage parlors, okay? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I had some friends who have owned massage parlors, some Falang friends, one of them from New York. And he educated me pretty well. But, well, they all did. Bits, fits, and starts. And for a while, I went through a phase where I hung around them. Because I kind of thought, well, yeah, that's a, that's a grade above the bars. That's a, you know, this is a, these girls are a grade above the bars. This is okay. Maybe I can find a nice girl. I actually thought that. I actually fucking thought that. I must have dreamed it some night. Well, I took some compound that didn't agree with me, you know. Okay. Bars. Massage parlors, bars, massage parlors, bars, massage parlors. It's all the same. It's the same word, same meaning. It's all the same. Bars, massage parlors. It's all the same. It's the same thing. Virtually every girl working in a massage parlor came from the bar. And virtually every girl working in, no, no, not virtually every girl. Many of the girls working in the bars came from the massage parlors. Okay, you do have to go to school to get a massage license, Thailand, and other countries too. Uh, the school is silly. It's just silly. It's, you just go to a place and they tell you some stuff and you watch some movies and then you practice a little bit on your friends or whatever the fuck. Uh, and they give you a license. You know, they don't give a rat's ass because they know you're not going to do fucking massage. You're there to fuck. Um, how much is how much is a massage in Thailand? Well, there's various various different massages. 
I was having a lot of feet trouble for a while. And me and girlfriend would go together and get, well, she got normal massage. I got a foot massage. Uh, her normal massage was, well, I think in those days it was 200 bucks, so six bucks. And that would be an hour. That's an hour. And it would be a, f a reasonably energetic massage, but with virtually no training or skill behind it. It's just somebody rubbing your body and squeezing your muscles, you know, pretty much. Now, I've had some that were, they were a little more technically oriented and uh, they kind of hurt me. <laughs> uh, quite a few times I had to ask those ones to stop, you know, take it easy. How about that? Oh, gee, that's great. Now my fucking tendon's torn, you know, God damn it. So they can, you can tell them to go soft, but they, <laughs> they don't seem to want to. So some of those, you got Thai massage and you got other kinds of massage and you got, you better know what they are, you know, but they're all, in those days they were 200 baht. I think now they're probably 300, 350 baht. So still under 10 bucks for an hour. My foot massages were cheaper. They were like under 200 baht for an hour. And you can double up. You, you want two, three hours? Do it. I used to do it. Um, the girls, most of them are going to be attractive. And even if you don't want sex, uh, it's just, it's a nice thing to have a beautiful girl rub you down. I don't care. It's nice. An awful lot of guys fall asleep during the massage. An awful lot of guys lose their wallet, their phone, their watch while they're sleeping. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. How fucking stupid are you? How fucking stupid are you? You go in, you take your clothes off, and they give you these little bikini panty things. That sound kind of unseemly, but anyway, they're terrible disposable. Jesus Christ. And you sort of dance around on those things, and you lay down on this mat. I put a fresh sheet down there and they get out the oils and the shit and they turn the lights down, maybe have some music, probably have some music. And, uh, you know, they'll have a, they'll have some kind of a uniform thing on, but it's going to be somewhat revealing. And, uh, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time laying on your stomach <laughs> unless you're not shy. And, you'll get a nice massage and somewhere along during the massage either early on or later on they will say do you want you know their equivalent of a happy ending nearly everyone will ask you or they'll let you know that that's an option to be clear <laughs> you know there won't be any mistake because phalangs are stupid and they got to be clear uh, i never ever 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 would do that i just that, that just seemed uh, even more unseemly than going to a bar girl. I don't know why. I just really cut against my grain. Um, I have been thrown out of two massage parlors in Thailand. First time I went in, and, and I, I wasn't big on massages. Some guys are. Jesus, God, they want them every stinking day. Happy ending or not, they just love that massage. Well, I, I was okay with it, but I would get one like every five months or something, you know, just very rarely. I'd have to be in a certain mood for it and, eh, you know, the dirt cheap, but I, I just, I wasn't, I'm not a big massage kind of a person. Sometimes 
I've had a few that were just sublime. Most of them I just feel kind of uncomfortable and whatever. I know I know what they want, and, and so that puts a stress on it. And I'm just waiting for them to pop the question, and then they do, and then I feel uncomfortable because I got to say no. And anyway, so I just wasn't never doing massages. Um, first time this happened to me, I went into one. Uh, let's see. It was uh, in a in a busy soy, and and there's got every third door is a massage parlor, every third shop. And they usually have an upstairs, not always, but they usually have an upstairs. They'll take you upstairs, put you in a in a room, private room. Uh, and I went in there. I did that. I went up floor or two, you know, hundred degrees. You still gotta walk up to those floors. Sometimes third or fourth or fifth floor. And there's no fans or air conditioning until you get up there. And then you walk into this room that's 110 degrees. And then they'll turn on the air conditioning. And then it takes 20 minutes for that to cool down. And, you know. So I did whatever they wanted. And I laid down and uh, started doing the massage. And let's see. That one. Ah. Yeah. Well, that one. She was into the massage no more than about five or seven minutes. And she said, do you want sex? And I just, oh, no, 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 thanks. No, 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 just, just a, a massage. You know, that's okay. Just a massage. And she stopped for a minute and then she just erupted. He's like, why you come here? Why you come here, stupid phalang? Why you don't want sex? Everybody wants sex. Everybody know. You don't come here for massage. You come here for sex. And I, I just drew back and I'm like, well, it. This one's probably over, isn't it? <laughs> you know. And she just ran it on. She wouldn't stop. She wouldn't shut up. And I said little or nothing. I was in shock. I was like, well, I know a lot of guys want sex, but I don't. I just want a massage. You know, really, truly, I don't know. I guess that makes me weird. I'm sorry, but that's what I want. I just want the massage. And she's going on about on and on about how she if I if she gives me a massage, that's going to take her an hour. She's going to get two or three hundred baht. If she fucks me, that's going to take 15, 20 minutes. She's going to get a thousand baht. You know? So she, she's like, well, what do I, you know, it, this is no brainer. You know, what, what would you do? <laughs> and uh, she, she wound herself up. I didn't have to wind her up. She wound herself up. And she finally just stood up and she's just ranting and yelling, get out, get out. Get out, stupid fellow, get out, you know. And I didn't pay her. I got up and got dressed and went out. And all the customers downstairs could hear it. And they're like, oh, God, this guy must have turned a fucker in the ass or something. You know, he did something really bad. And it was very humiliating for me. And I went down and walked out, shaking my head, got on the motorbike, drove away. What the fucking fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're down the rabbit hole now kicked out 86 <laughs> what the hell? so i just went home and i i didn't think about massages for a really long time after that and then finally I, one day i just sort of thought well you know that was a one-off let's try it again I, a whole completely different part of town you know hoping that girl hadn't moved over to that one but they move around all the time every few weeks 
they rotate. And I uh, walked in there and I drew an older lady. You, you can choose them or, or you can just take the next one in the queue. And I just let the next one in the queue came up. She was older, not attractive at all, really, not at all. And we went up, she started the massage and she was into it about the same period, about five or seven minutes, something like that. And she did the exact same thing. And her reaction was exactly the same. And she threw me out. And this wasn't in an entertainment soy or a busy soy or anything. This was, that's why I chose it because it was off by itself, kind of in the jungle. And I thought, well, this, this, this cannot be a sex massage place because if it is, they're never going to get any customers. So, you know, they must have chosen this location because they didn't want to be involved in the sex trade. And, you know, same fucking thing. Exactly. Exactly. Rode away. Uh, many years later, I was in Isan. Oh God, staying there, um, trying to woo some stupid girl, which is one of the dumbest things I ever did. I was trying to woo her; she was trying to get my money, and I, I realized it fairly quickly. And and uh, you know just turned off the switch. But anyway, um, I went to a massage parlor there, teeny tiny little rice town. And I thought, okay, you know, I'm not even in an entertainment city. There's no phalanx here. I was like the only goddamn one. And uh, I walked in and uh, said, I want a massage. They said, okay. And I drew another older lady. We went in and she gave me a perfect massage. Never once even hinted anything about sex. I don't know if, if I would have brought it up, if she would have been receptive to it. I don't know. I rather imagine yes, because almost every single girl in Thailand is receptive to it. Almost every single one, if they're approached correctly. Almost everyone. Married, unmarried professional, unprofessional, whatever. But anyway, I didn't bring it up and she didn't. And she did a nice massage, full hour, hour and five. And paid her, tipped her, thanked her. She smiled, wide, bowed, done, gone. I thought, yeah, thank you. Finally, after all that shit, I got a real massage. <laughs> Fuck. And that was really cheap up there. That was like 160 bucks. So maybe $5.60, something like that over an hour. Um, I don't know what they cost now. I haven't even looked at their signs, you know, for some number of years, even when I was there. I just, I sort of wore down with so many things that were fascinating in the first few years, you know, they become less fascinating. I, many times I have moved into high rises uh, with, with views to die for in cities all around the world. And half the time, that's what gets you to rent the place. You you walk in and you and you look. Oh my God! And you you know you're up on fifty and you're looking out over some city or whatever, the ocean or whatever. And you think sold? I'll take it. You don't care anything about it because you know you're going to spend the rest of your life sitting on that balcony, just gazing out there, sipping wine, 
and you do for the first six or eight months. <laughs> then little by little, you realize you don't even glance out there anymore for long, long, long periods of time. And when you do go out there and sit, you barely even look over the edge, you know. So every place will do that to you. Familiarity breeds contempt. And you don't have to be necessarily contemptuous about it. You just, familiarity does breed contempt, but you could also say familiarity breeds boredom. And you just, it just becomes old. So even in this, in these thrilling entertainment soys, thrilling shit going on, you cannot possibly imagine we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, I would walk through them or I would ride a motorbike through them. A lot of times I would go there trying to sort of rekindle my sense of wonder for this place, this, this kingdom. And it mostly didn't work. You know, before I would go through there and, and my excitement level would go from zero to 104%. And then years and years later, it would go from zero to 13%, you know. And the, and the, the girls are running out from the bars and they're grabbing your hand and shoving them down their panties and trying to get you to do other things with your hands, you know, standing there in the soy. And you just don't do anything. You just like, yeah, okay, I am sorry. You know, I, I am feeling kind of tired. You know, you just keep, you just keep walking. You know, you don't, you, you don't have any feeling for that anymore. So I, I think probably it's a case where absolutely anything, any environment on the face of the earth will lead you to that. Now, there's a guy who wrote some books. Well, lots of people have now. This is probably the first guy. Uh, and he swore, he swore, 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 swore that he went to heaven a few times. And his experience with heaven, as reported by him, was exactly the same. After a while, It just became a kind of a null thing. And I believed that. So, bar girls, massage girls, um, they switch back and forth between the bars and the massage parlor, wherever they think they can make a little money, you know. Maybe they got some friend working at the bar, they'll quit the massage, they'll go work in there with their friend and then vice versa. And then they switch around. It's the same girls, okay? Same girls. Just a different method of going about getting your money and fucking you. Um, I had one. I went into an uh, entertainment soy. Uh, fairly bit in the early years. And I went in there and uh, wanted a massage. I just wanted a massage, but I, I was hoping to see, I, at, the, at that time I thought, well, these girls are a cut above the bar girls and maybe, maybe there's some nice ones to be found in there, you know, maybe there's a keeper. And so I went in there and a beautiful girl, I drew her and uh, we went up, got the massage, or I was getting the massage. 
and she decided she wanted to make out. And, you know, instantly I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. No, 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 my, 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 oh, no, I don't, no, I don't want the sex. I don't want sex. No, my, my, oh, boom, boom, no. And she stopped, just, just barely broke her stride. And she said, that's okay. I just want to kiss. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> uh, and she's like, you, you don't have to pay me. You know, I just, I just want to kiss you. Okay, at the time I thought, oh, oh, fucking hell, that means she genuinely likes me. Oh, God, this is thrilling. This is great. Uh, probably, I never found out for sure, probably she was just taking the long road to try to get some money. You know, these girls don't have to like you at all. And the very high percentage of them won't. They'll just see this as their job to seduce you, maybe to get you to marry them, but whatever happens to get you to support them so they can send money back home to the carpet sharks playing in the chicken field. Probably theirs. And their parents who are old. Uh, so this is their job. Thai girls, especially even if they hate your guts, you might not ever know it. And these huge, greasy, sweaty, old, fat, goddamn guys, they almost never figure it out. I had a friend. God, here's a terrible story. I... This, this, hopefully this is the last story of this. I had this friend. Um, he was an Australian, uh, sea traffic controller. Um, one of the finest people I ever knew. Uh, I had worked in that industry, you know, on the, being on the boat end of it. And he was on the controller end of it. So we knew that whole industry backwards and forwards really well. We could converse about every aspect of it. And we just hit it off. Uh, our demeanors were the same. We were good friends. And I really valued his friendship really quite a lot. And I knew him for a long time, uh, I don't know, a year or two. And uh, he had to go back to work sometimes in Australia. Then he'd come back and then he'd go back and back and back. He'd been doing that all his life because Australia, especially Northern Australia, is so close to Thailand. You know, it's only a few hours to hop over there. You know, it's, it's like you would hop to uh, Hawaii. You know, well, it's, it's not even that far, I don't think. Um, and he was always looking for a good girl. His wife had been a bitch, Australian bitch, and she he, he hated her and they divorced and she took him and usual story. And uh, he had some health issues and I, I tried a little bit to help him with those, a little bit of knowledge I had, you know. I mean, I knew about horses. <laughs> if some people are horse-like, I, I can help them, you know, a little bit. <laughs> uh, okay, whatever. Um, and we got to be just nice friends and we, we met together every time we got a chance. Um, 
and he's trying different girls, trying different girls, and he, he just had a knack for getting the losers. And I knew almost all the ones he was getting. And he had not yet figured out that gar, bar girls were not going to work or anything permanent. He had not figured this out. And so many guys, how, how many, what percentage of guys never figured this out? Shit. It's huge. I would guess somewhere around 80% never figured this out. They, they're, they're, they're still thinking they're going to get a bar girl or hooker off the street, whatever the fuck, freelancer, whatever. And she's going to fall in love with him. And she's going to change. 80%. And she's not. She's not. She can pretend, usually only for a while. She's not going to change in her heart. Her heart, one, the first hour that she made that decision to go work in the bar, her heart changed. Now, I did tell you the story about that one that I hung around with for some years, and she she did change. So there's a teensy, tiny, microscopic percentage who can. Well, no, I take that back. I take it back. She didn't change, at least not in the beginning, because she went into that relationship. She married the guy, even though she patently didn't like him. She just went in to get money for her and her daughters. She said later, after, I don't know, two or three years, she learned to love him. I don't know what to say to that. Maybe she did. I'm not sure. I do believe, I do believe this. I believe this part 100%. That girl would never cheat on him. I don't know if she truly did love him, but I believe she would not cheat on him. She would not. I do believe that. As much as any male can ever know that. <laughs> and pretty often we don't know. At our the day we die, we're not going to know if she ever did. So, you know. What the fuck. Anyway, so this guy, this Australian guy, um, he finally hooked up with a girl in the bar where I hung out. I can't remember her name. She was fat. I never liked her. I just instinctively didn't like her. You know, she came and sat at my table with other girls I wouldn't talk to her because I just, I don't know why. I just didn't like her. Didn't want to know her. Something about her just put me off. As she got hooked up with him and he took her quite a few times, paid the going rate, you know, and then on the days that he didn't show up, she'd go with other customers and like that. She didn't get that many customers because she was fat. You guys don't want that. Southeast Asia, they don't want, they want, they want the opposite of what they had in their home country. Um, but he started to like her more than he should have. And I thought, God, you, come on, come on here. You wake up, wake up, wake up, come on, wake up, wake up. You sleeping, you know, you've been here off and on your whole life. You gotta know better than this. Oh, I know, but you know, maybe she's okay. You know. Okay, so he would take her to the hotel. She'd come back the next day. He'd be off somewhere eating or sleeping or whatever the hell, and she'd come into the bar, sit down with us with our group, and laugh and laugh and laugh. 
about how bad he was in bed. How his cock was so fucking small she could barely feel if it was in there. And he did this wrong and he did that wrong. And he was so clumsy. She never came once, you know. And she would just go on and on and on, just, just ranking him in front of everybody, in front of me. I don't know what the fuck she thought. She thought, I guess, uh, I liked her so much that I would never tell him. I don't know. what She must have thought that. And she would talk sometimes in Thai. The Thai girls would just translate whatever the fuck she said. So I knew everything she said. Jesus Christ. And so I kept my mouth shut about that for a while. I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, quite a while. A couple of months. And she just continued this on and on and on. Never stopped. And the other girls thought she was pretty shitty for doing this. But they're, they do the same thing. You know, they, they all come back from the customers and they talk about every aspect of how that night went, you know. And they're just going to rank, even if there's no reason to rank on the filling, they're going to rank on the filling. Because he didn't offer to marry him, so therefore he's a bad man and they have to punish him by making up lies. Um, so finally, I got to the point I couldn't take it anymore. Oh, and she would also talk about how she'd get little bits of money out of his wallet when he was sleeping. And I got, I got to the point where I cracked and I, I, I said, okay, that's it. That's, this is my red line. I'm done. I got to talk to him. He's my friend. I didn't want to hurt his feelings, and I knew this was going to hurt his feelings because he, he liked her more and more and more. Um, so I met him, and we had a talk. And I told him most of the stuff she was saying and what she was doing. Uh, she'd sit there, and other guys would come in. I mean, in, in his mind was marriage. He's thinking, man, this could be the one. This could be the one to marry. Uh, she would sit there in the bar when he wasn't there and other guys would come in and she'd look around quickly, quickly. Where, where's, where's so-and-so? Where's so-and-so? God fucking hell, I hope he doesn't show up because I'm going to fuck that one. You know, I'm going to take that one right now. Short time, one hour. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, well, you know. What the fuck? So anyway, I told him pretty much all. I didn't tell him everything. I told him 80, 90% of it. I didn't tell him the really, really hurtful stuff. Some of it he forced me to cough forth, and I resisted, and I didn't want to. But I but I did. But I still didn't tell him all of it. Uh, and I thought, okay, oh, God, it's done. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this. You know, I'm sorry I kept it from you for so long. I'm sorry she's Satan incarnate. Peace side, you know. Uh, and he thought about this for quite a while, asked a few more questions. And then I, I think we kind of broke up for that night. And I think I saw him the next day or a couple of few days, yeah, I saw him a few days later. He had taken her again after I left, and she had stayed with him for those few days. And, uh, when I when I met him again, uh, he he's like, "Well, I'm going back to Australia." Oh, you got to go back to work, huh? Um. And he's like, "Well, yeah, maybe I don't know, but I'm 
me, me and so-and-so were going back to we're going to get married. You know, my, my eyes just, boing, like ice water over the head, you know. I'm like, no, I, I didn't say that. My attitude was, no, this can't can't be happening. You're 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 a smart guy, you're a smart guy, and you've been around here your whole life, way longer than me, and you still haven't figured this out. I know you're lonely, you know that. I, I didn't say any of this. Well, I, I no, I did say some of it in nice ways, and I'm I, I'm just like, how what uh, you know? You need an intervention here. Something there's something going on in your brain. You know, you go off your meds. Did you take too many meds? Uh, Really, you're my friend. I care about you. I, I, uh, what can I do? You know, how how can we help you think this through more clearly? And uh, oh, Jesus, God, it was horrible. It's it's like watching your your daughter go out on a date with Freddy Krueger. Really, it was just like that. Oh, Jesus. And he was just steadfast. He was not to be deterred. He was steadfast. They were going to do this. And they were going to go get married, be gone three or four or five days, and then they're going to come back. And he did. He did that. And I wanted to just kill her. I wanted to just kill her. Just take her for a fucking boat ride, you know. Uh, I truly hated her, and I told her so. And she just laughed. Hey, hey, hey why, why do I care? You know, up to me, up to me. You know, that's the type of thing. Oh God! And I discussed it with Mama Sana. Like, look, look, look what this girl's doing to this guy. And Mama Sana's like, well, he's an adult. You know, I, I see this fifty times a day. He's an adult, and she learned long ago. You just don't even, you don't even process that thought. You just let it play out, however it's going to play out. And I had two ways I could go. I could remain his friend and try to support him through all the shit she was going to do to him, and then end up really, really wanting to bite a hit on her. Not hard to do there. Uh, or I could realize that the whole thing was just out of my universe. And I could unfriend him. And it was a hard thing I thought about for a long time. What should I do? What should I do? I mean, on the one hand, you stick with your friends. No matter what happens, you stick with your friends. Thick and thin, right? Um, but on the other hand, if you've got the drunk in your family, they're hopeless drunk, they've been a drunk all their life, raging alcoholic, and they're tearing the family apart, uh, do you stick with them? No, because you know it's not ever going to get cured, and the damage is just going to continue for as long as they're in your life. Cut them loose. 
that was my solution with uh, with drunks in my family and my circle of friends, and I never once regretted it because they stayed drunks their entire lives, and they ruined every life that they touched. Uh, this this wasn't I don't know I I I was going to say this wasn't this guy's fault. It was some brain anomaly, something in his brain. Maybe it was loneliness on a level that I could never comprehend. Loneliness so profound that he was not control in control of his faculties. He would have welcomed the devil himself if the devil just gave him a hug. I don't know, but I just knew that I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it play out anymore. So he did. He went and married her, came back. They hung around to the bars for about three more weeks, and she fucked him over really, really, really bad, got a bunch of money. Uh, and he did dump her. And then went back, you know, looking for another one. Same places, same methods, same ways. Uh, I saw him a couple of years later, just ran into him in town. And I wanted to see if we could do anything about getting past that whole thing. And I went up and said, hey, how you doing? He had, a, he had another new one by then. And he just turned away, wouldn't look at me. And I fully understand that because I abandoned him. So I keep telling you, if you want to have a nice life, retire, have a nice life, peaceful life, productive life, a safe and sane life, a logical life, a rational reasoning life, have a lot of fun. Just uh, do that chemical castration. <laughs> Just do it. So that these thoughts never enter your head. Because it's going to be bullshit. It is. There's no way around it. I don't care how careful you are. I don't care. You're, you're thinking about this guy. You're thinking, oh, God, well, I never would have been that stupid. Oh, fuck, I'm 10,000 times smarter than that, you know. Well, yeah, you probably are. You might be smarter than that guy. But they get you in 100,000 other ways that you will not see coming. You know, it, it, it's like when a sniper wants to get you, he's going to. I don't care what the environment is out in the woods, in the middle of a city, it doesn't matter. If somebody wants to get you, they will. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. Somebody wants your, your ass bad enough, you cannot stop it. The thing is, You will never hear the bang. Because the bullet travels faster than sound. Okay. Life in Southeast Asia can be harsh. 
It's the, the school of compressed learning in every way, in every aspect of life. Relationships especially, but in every other way too. Uh, man, I miss that guy. I wish that girl had never come along. I wish she had found a good one, but he will only look in places where you're not going to find a good one. Or if you do, it's, you know, if you, if you have, let's say, a hundred lifetimes to spend looking for girls in that environment for a good one, yeah, yeah you probably find one within a hundred lifetimes. But there's other places where the, where the odds are infinitely better. So just stop wasting time. You know, if, if you like girls just to go sleep with them, oh, fuck you. Oh, God, it's, it's, it's heaven. It's heaven. It's heaven. 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 If that's all you want. But the problem is this. You go around, you get all these girls, they're just prettier and prettier and prettier. Some are so sweet and some will convince you they'll die without you. Okay, well, you're smart. You're a worldly guy. You're, you shrug them off because you know better. You've seen all this shit. You've been around the world, you know. Sooner or later, one will get under your skin. She'll get through to you. She'll get into your blood. Sooner or later, you know, it's like pouring water on the rock. Sooner or later, It'll find a way in, and one of them will. And then you are well and truly fucked because she owns you. And if your heart is not pure, she's going to shake your soul like a dog shaking a rag. And your life's going to go down the tube. You might end up killing yourself. Lots and lots and lots of guys do. She might end up killing you. They kill lots and lots and lots of phalanx. Lots of them. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> Jeez. Where are we at for time? Yeah, we're pretty... Oh, no, we're way over time. Oh, holy crap. Gotta go. Gotta go. All right. Thank you very much. This is 16. Next one will be 17. Thank you very much. That's it. We're done. Good evening. Good night. Bye-bye. Where's the camera? There it is.